Welcome to another episode of Project Ecology, one of the very few podcasts that you don't have to go to the upside down to listen to. I am one half of your host, Anthony, and joining me as always, Dakota. Um, I actually, I have to ask, like, is that a common thing? You got to go to the upside down just to listen to podcasts, most podcasts out there? Yes, most podcasts are in the upside down because, you know, remember after seven episodes, they end up dying. Um, That's and they a, get oh, dragged yeah, into the upside down. <laughs> you mean uh, Australia? <laughs> oh my gosh, the down under. Actually, there, there's there's some great podcasts coming out of Australia that I've listened to for a long time, like the Weekly Planet. I don't know if you've listened to those two guys. They're so funny. I have not, but I should. I feel like I have so many so many podcasts to listen to. But yeah, if y'all didn't uh, catch that, this week we're going to be talking about Stranger Things, uh, mostly about the new season, but I think it would be fair to maybe talk about the series almost as a whole, just to kind of, not the whole, sure, yeah. you know, just to kind of like... Yeah, it's going to be a up. focus on uh, Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1, which is a really big mouthful to, to try to like explain. Basically... The whole season for season four has not come out yet. There's two more episodes coming out in, I think, like a week and a half as of recording this. So that's that's pretty cool. Or no, it's a little more than a week and a half. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the month for us. But what we did get, the seven episodes we did get, are more than enough to talk about for a podcast. Um, and I think uh, we have to talk about it as a whole because Netflix releases in lump sums you know there's no time to really digest between episodes even though there is some stylistic like integrity between each story and each episode seems to be inspired by a different movie or like theme so um there's some of that that we're gonna we're gonna be talking about but stranger things as a whole i think um kind of came out of nowhere you know we're gonna we're gonna get more into it um a little bit later but you know i think part of stranger things appeal is that you know it's a it's a nostalgia trip but in the story it's not nostalgia to them because they're experiencing you know the things that everyone else has 80s nostalgia for in real time you know like they're experiencing these movies and stuff and tv shows or whatever these uh cartoons that that we now love um, as they've been coming out, you know, like people in the 80s did. And I think that that's such a fun thing. And the fact that the kids don't have that nostalgia uh, yet, or at least because, you know, they, they were kids when they started acting and all that, I, I think makes it so much more authentic to uh, the feel that they're trying to go for. And I think that that is, has like set um, Stranger Things apart from other like nostalgia fests because you have stuff like ready player one and now we have uh, no way home and there's plenty of movies that feed on nostalgia but it's not what uh, stranger things has seemed to you know latch onto is a, a very authentic type of nostalgia you know it's a it's it's a period piece right it, it kind of feels like the kids are really good at selling that they live in the 80s it doesn't feel like a nostalgia trip although like for people who grew up in that time you know it's like oh my gosh yeah like i totally remember that but for them that's that's their life and they sell it really well yeah and what's even interesting or more interesting is that you know the duffer brothers the the guys that created the series were 90s kids they weren't 80s kids so it's it's not uh, necessarily um you know native to them either they they have 
uh, they had to like learn about all of like the, the way that people uh, talked and communicated and used walkie-talkies and did this and that and I think that that has um, really shown uh, the, the effort that they put into learning all of those things has really shown uh, I don't know a care for the source material and the source time period so yeah we, before we get into like the the juiciness of of what stranger things is it's been a while since we've made an episode and so i think that we owe it to our audience to let them know what we've been up to um i don't know what you've been up to but um what have you been up to this whole time i know that you worked on a big project the mcu timeline which we will plug into uh, the show notes Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, that's the biggest project that I've been working on. Um, and it has been out for about a month now. And it's done, honestly, it's it's done better than any other video I've ever released. Uh, I've never experienced a video blow up the, as much as it did. I mean, it's it's it didn't go viral. I, I would never say, I would never say that. But it's in the month that it's been out, it has received a little over 200,000 views, which is massive for me. And it's a long video, so there's a lot of retention time in there, so that's really helped boost um, like views for other stuff on my channel. And what's fun is that I actually did a little plug for, or it's a pretty sizable plug, maybe 30 seconds of a, of a plug for the podcast, Project Ecology. And we have seen a, a bump in the actual uh, listen right. listener base. So to all of our new listeners, thank you so much for checking us out. We hope that uh, you enjoy the, the show. Uh, we have a bunch of episodes in our backlog of just random stuff that you can listen to. And it's all, um, it's very, very little of it is actually um, time sensitive. So you can listen to any of those episodes whenever you want, because it's basically reviews and just talking about things we like. And that'll never change. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, just to kind of add to that, depending on wherever you are listening to, uh, if that's not your preferred, because I know that there's some people who listen to the web onto the actual website. Um, I mean, we're literally everywhere from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts. Um, Audible has us. Um, and we greatly appreciate any any feedback. We love seeing just great positive reviews and and it really just fuels us to go forward and we like and it really helps us to see what you all respond to so that we can get more of that content out to you absolutely yeah no it's it's awesome seeing uh some of the responses and the um the the love for the the podcast because it's fun to produce but it's even more fun when we realize that people are listening and reacting to it so thank you all you can you can also find us on twitter and instagram you can find all that in the show notes wherever you're listening to these podcasts what my preferred uh, podcast listening application is actually audible what about you anthony I listen to it on Spotify, and that's mostly because that's where I listen to all my podcasts. So having my very own podcast on Spotify, like, I mean, it's fantastic for me because I already use it a lot. So, and there's a lot of Spotify only uh, podcasts. So that's also why, I mean, it, it's just with the music and everything also, it's, a, it's just a great place for me to you know experience us. everything all at once yeah right. and i think that that's a cool like thing about having your own podcast and seeing it like on a podcast um location that other stuff that you listen to is on it's kind of like i mean i don't i don't personally have this experience but 
I'd imagine, you know, like if you're an author and you go into a bookstore and you see your book among all these other authors that you respect and like, that's got to be a cool feeling, you know, oh, just, yeah, just, no, totally. just having your product in, in the presence of um, stuff that's way more popular or just stuff that you admire. I think that that's such a cool thing. And I think that that has been um, so, uh, uh, something that we have uh, striven to uh, create here with Project Ecology is something that we can be proud of and something that uh, we enjoy. Now, we haven't been doing uh, regular shows for a little bit now. I, I was super, super busy with the MCU timeline. And you, uh, next time I do a massive MCU timeline, I'm probably going to be super busy again. And that's unfortunate, but they take so much of my time. But now that that is... <laughs> behind me uh i'm excited to jump back into podcasting and we have some plans for the future as you've probably noticed the past couple episodes we have a new thumbnail uh pattern that we've been trying out and we hope you enjoy that but anyway um anthony that, that's enough about me and like what i've been up to um what have you been working on man well you know me i'm doing my my usual you know nerding out i'll always you know gaming watching anime i've been really enjoying the new season of uh shield hero it's called the rising of the shield hero it's really really cool um also you know watching like demon slayer and stuff it's really really cool uh blizzard came out with a mobile but you can play it on pc uh version of diablo it's called diablo immortal and it's it's kind of it's like cross play so you can play it on your pc and then you can play it on your phone like the, there's that cross okay there. yeah my brother was mentioning it the other day um it's really really cool um i'm not a big fan of the microtransaction stuff because it's a very when it comes to like the player versus player aspect they kind of made it a bit uh pay to win which Ooh. i'm not a really i'm, no, happy I'm never about. a fan of that yeah it's never fair you know how it is playing gacha games. I mean, that's very much so an element in gacha games. You either spend um, a lot of money up front or you put a lot of time in to catch up to those people who did spend the money. And it, it doesn't seem fair. Right, right. It's like to catch whales, essentially. Which for those of you who don't know whales are, those are pretty much like the YouTubers and the streamers that make money by playing these games, essentially. And they spend lots and lots of money essentially to get the top stuff you know yeah so but yeah there there's that um what i really want to talk thing... about yeah yeah what i want to really talk about is this uh project that we've actually spoken about in, the, in previous podcasts that you've been working on that you finally got finished oh Tell yeah about man. <sighs> man and i i actually i should post it on our twitter so that you know it kind of so everybody can see, you know, a good bit about of what we're talking about. But yes, I finally got to cosplay Obi-Wan Kenobi. I finally got everything together. I was super stoked. This was my first real full cosplay. And, you know, after yes. hearing a lot of people say, oh, man, you could totally like pull off that character. I was like, you know what? You know, I really like Obi-Wan. He's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars and i have happened to look similar to him so let me do it and i got a lot of like positive... it's the beard honestly it's, it's the <laughs> yeah. beard. you have the perfect obi-wan beard from like the the prequel era so that's it's great the, and, and that's exactly what i was going for you know it was super cool and like I, I definitely need to post this stuff on twitter but you know i saw there's a bunch of people that 
you know, they wanted to take pictures with me. I took pictures with, you know, people cosplaying Ahsoka. I even, like, there was a really good Django Fett. Like, everybody does Boba Fett, but I saw a Django Fett. And I was like, dude, like, do you mind? And he was like, no, no, totally. So, <laughs> He's so like, we did like that. Yes, I mind. <laughs> with a Thames yeah, uh, accent. <laughs> for real, right? <laughs> Move along. But yeah, no, it, it was it was fantastic. Uh, it was just a great time, which I, I want to talk a little bit about where it was that I went to. I went to uh, MegaCon, and this is where I went to to do this cosplay. Where is MegaCon and again? MegaCon is in Orlando. Okay. And it's essentially, I would say, the biggest convention in Florida, which kind of sucks because SuperCon which is closer to where I'm at. It's in Miami Beach. I feel like it's like very just lackluster, um, which is crazy considering the fact that they're owned by Reed Pop. And you know who Reed Pop owns is NYCC. Yeah, and they do a really good job with NYCC. Right. And so like, I feel like uh, Supercon has been kind of left on the back burner as far as the guests that they bring in. Megacon was this... It was fantastic. I, I mean, I I told you about the guest list. Like all four of the hobbits were there. They they never pop up, you know. That's cool. Gina Carano was there. Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and people from Clerks were there. Uh, Ashley Eckstein, the voice actress for Ahsoka and Clone Wars, was there. So was both of the voice actors for Obi Wan and Anakin were there. The vo- the English dub of Naruto was there. Um, Chris Saban, which is like a big voice in anime, All Might, Vegeta, he's even in uh, Black Clover and a whole bunch of other things. He was there. Um, wow, so it was a stacked... It was meet. really... Re- it was stacked. Like, I mean, super stacked. Oh, um, Ralph Macchio, William Zapka, Kreese was there. The uh, Wow, so a big Cobra Kai turnout as well. So, so yeah, I, and... Um, Dan, was it uh, Danny's daughter and then Johnny's son? I don't know. For some reason, they're like their names are escaping me. They were there yeah. also. So like it was like a really, really like it was a stacked guest list. And this was my first time going to SuperCon in a very long time, and I had a fantastic time. Um, they had this like human like claw machine thing there, and like I got this in it. It's a uh, Pokemon. A Litten. Yeah. Um. And so like, it, it was just really, really cool. They had um, the, uh, was it like the Ecto-1 from uh, Ghostbusters? Like okay. The, the actual car? The uh, promotional one. The one that was like going around to like red carpet events like when it first came out. So That's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it was just, I, I had a fantastic time. And I definitely want to go again next year. And, uh, but yeah, that, that was like my, the biggest thing, my biggest project was leading up to that. I'm going to do Obi-Wan again at Supercon. I want to cosplay other characters. Um, I also do want to do the Clone Wars variant of Obi-Wan at some point also with the clone armor. So what, what is the, um, what version of Obi-Wan were you most trying to emulate? The, was it episode two, episode three? Revenge of the Sith. Okay, yeah, because your hair wasn't long enough for episode two, but yeah, but yeah, you 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 nailed the episode three look. Okay, yeah, I I was just like, no, I'm not gonna go with the episode two like mullet that that they had. Like, the, he just, he looks like Jesus or like you know the stereotypical like, anglicized I, Jesus. I, yeah. I just I couldn't, man. I'm like, dude, I I don't like that look. I was like, 
I love you one, but man, that look was mm -mm. no. I'm good. Revenge of the Sith was like the optimal version of him that I was going for. Speaking of you and McGregor, um, uh, big news is that you know we're four episodes in as of recording this episode uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's been the biggest show on Disney Plus uh, since Disney Plus is launched, which is massive. Uh, so we're definitely going to be talking about that in the near future. Uh, I want to let all sure. six episodes come out and let it marinate a little bit before we really dive into it because right now I have my issues, but I also have my, you know, I, I, I have high praise in some uh, scenarios as well. I want to see how it all plays out before I, you know, really cast my judgment one way or the other. But I think it'll be a good conversation once we actually get that out of the way. Yes, definitely. But yeah, that that's... Uh, I. Like I said, I have Supercon coming up and we'll have a little bit of a segment of that of on whatever week that we have after that. After well, that yeah, weekend. you you got a press badge, right? For Supercon. So you, yes. you're, you're obliged to cover Supercon, believe it or yes, not. Yes, definitely. I'll, I'll cover Supercon. You know, it's I know it's going to still I'm, I'm still going to have a great experience because um, conventions always just energize me. I love being around the people and just meeting all the artists and and like you know an artist alley and stuff like i mean there's just really cool things that you see out there and you can you can walk a convention you can go every single day to a convention and still mess stuff like i mean just, oh, just so much going on that's why like i would always try to get uh four day passes or yes. like press passes to new york comic-con because every day we were jam-packed with stuff that we wanted to do and things that we wanted to try and panels we wanted to see and you know people we wanted to meet so that's that's something that i think is really fun about conventions they don't seem to i mean they they do drag on after a certain point but you can really pack out uh and, and maximize your times when you're at a convention and actually speaking of new york comic-con um i have a sunday ticket for this coming one in october for new york comic-con and jen and i are tentatively planning on cosplaying as anakin and padme oh for uh, attack of the clones anakin and padme they, oh okay okay I, i'd be like dude you're not getting me as as attack of the clones obi-wan you are get, not getting me as that one i'm gonna, I'm gonna get um, you a wig i'm gonna get you <laughs> that mullet wig <laughs> Was it so? Did you end up having to buy the tickets, or? Yeah, I I didn't. I I, I think I was too late to try to get in with Geek Critique. Mm, okay. But, that um, makes that makes sense. I, but um, I've yeah. been up there with y'all as as Geek Critique. Yeah, know, we, we, as we press, did, we did a bunch of stuff out there. So so may, maybe we'll have uh, another meetup in the future. That'd be cool. Yeah. So so a lot of stuff has come out in the the past couple weeks and i i want to talk a little bit about some of it you know Um, yes yes definitely did you uh ever get around to watching moon knight yes i really enjoyed moon knight i know that it was a little divisive among marvel fans but the thing that i liked about moon knight was that it was breaking from the marvel mold Mm. and it changed things up and a lot of people you know they they like they like marvel they they've kind of established themselves as a certain kind of company and like the, they have a, a specific formula for their movies and e- even tv shows but i started to see that break a little bit with wandavision wandavision's ultimately ended like a, a typical marvel you know movie but 
it had enough weirdness to it that it was like okay they're starting to change things up i started to see a little bit more of that with loki yeah so i think loki was the biggest break from the 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 formula right. so far but uh moon knight comes close in that respect for me i liked moon knight a lot i know a lot of people who didn't you know I, i'm a regular at um my local comic shop and the owner is a big moon knight fan he did not like that at all but apparently he's pretty um anytime the mcu deviates from you know the 616 canon from mm. the comics he's he's not really uh, up for it but he had a lot of things to say about moon knight but that I said, think Oscar Isaac did a great job of essentially playing three characters. So yeah, no, he did a he did a crazy job because even like his Moon Knight or his Mark Spector voice, which was similar to his Oscar Isaac voice, that's not actually his voice. That was a made up voice in, in, in and of itself. So he was he was playing three different roles that were just not him at all. Yeah. and I loved the little nuance of him like shifting from one personality to the next. I think that was genius, and he would do it in one one clip and like within. 10 seconds he'd be a different character altogether yeah i i absolutely liked it i I like to see it when you know things take risks because you know some of the best things that that have happened you know essentially in anything were big risks you know i think that that marvel's onto something with changing up their their formula they they needed to because after a while i mean things get stale you know you want something different they finished their giant overall story arc so now they they've essentially need to build up to another one yeah um speaking of moon knight actually my next video on geek critique is actually going to be a when does moon knight take place video because i actually think that i got that one wrong on the timeline so i'm gonna go back and uh and i'm I'm currently doing that i'm probably halfway through editing it at this point but um i'm excited to release that video because i found uh with the help of uh, another friend online uh some new information on the timeline that is is actually really really cool because it uses a very unique dating system um that uh works perfectly for the show itself and i I don't want to spoil anything before the video comes out Uh, but uh, i'm excited to i'll share that with you anthony when i'm when i finally post that Ooh, that'd be awesome yeah we love us some moon knight gotta love it uh what else uh doctor strange in the multiverse of madness we haven't talked about that at all uh, we should probably do episodes of these eventually at some point oh like yeah episodes. definitely but um off the bat i really liked doctor strange in the multiverse of madness you know it had its horror elements it had yes um it had its Sam like Raimi. wacky uh raminess to it um a lot of really cool camera angles and just have fun with the camera you know the camera is always moving and that's uh, a rhymey thing that he's known for but getting him back <laughs> behind the camera for a superhero movie ooh, it was so good dude let me tell you he that man absolutely loves bruce campbell because he's in like everything well, that's just like his bud, yeah. <laughs> that's his, like, best friend. You know, especially like that, you know, we'll talk about it before, but some interactions in the in the film were, you know, humorous elements. And um, I feel like this film really did a lot to expand the MCU even more. Um, oh, I liked absolutely. it because it was also a break from the normal of Marvel. And we got, a, we got some Marvel What If in it, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool. So yeah, whenever we get to that episode, like I'm really excited to to actually dive into it because I want to watch it again. 
you know, yeah, especially... it should be it should be coming out in a couple of weeks on digital and uh, like Blu-ray and stuff. So hope uh, it'll probably be on Disney Plus too. So um, nice. Yeah, so uh, we'll definitely have to revisit that one when we get a fresh viewing in. For sure. But yeah, so you know that that's some of the big stuff that you know we're thinking of right now. We're probably missing something, but we don't want to spend all our podcast time covering other stuff that we will cover in the future so let's hop into stranger things yes i'm excited to jump into stranger things it's it's kind of hard jumping into stranger things after so many years of it being off the air i think it's been like three maybe four years since season three you know it's been a minute 2019 july yeah july of 2019 so yeah almost like on the mark the second part is going to be around the time that uh, season three dropped because the thing that I really enjoyed about Stranger Things was when they dropped the seasons, it was very fitting for the time of year. The mm. second season was like Halloween, so they did it around yeah, uh, that's October. True. They did that. Uh, yeah. Season three was Fourth of July. They did it in July. Mm. So this one is in this one is in in May. Like around like the same time, school is like maybe getting close to like ending. Yeah. But um, but it's, it, this one, the thing I loved about this season was how different it was from the other seasons. I like I knew I was watching Stranger Things, but it felt so new, and the fact that there was like four stories happening, and it made they made it work. I was like, I was blown away. And for the most part. For the most part, all the stories are really interesting by themselves. Yes! You know, if, if I was watching any one of those stories, like, for the entirety of the project, I would be happy. Like, it was, it was interesting enough for me to be entirely invested in each of those stories. But there were one to two storylines that were far, far, far more interesting and engaging. You know, like the, the Vecna subplot, or the Vecna main plot, and the Eleven and, well, one subplot. Uh, I, that I think, too, and let me tell you the the one in Russia too. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they're all good. Uh, I would yeah. say that probably the yeah. weakest was um, Mike, Will, and uh, his brother and Argyle, like trying to find uh, their way back to Hawkins or Eleven, or whatever. That was interesting and it was fun whenever it was on screen. But whenever they would jump back to that, I was just like, ooh, I want more of <laughs> whatever we were watching before. But I feel like they they stayed on those moments for an appropriate amount of time. Like, I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. It's like, okay, you know, this is a very enjoyable part. And, like, I'll, I'll watch it. But, yeah, definitely um, the two, like, strongest ones were, like, the best ones to watch. So, like, the whole, like, Hopper in, in Russia thing, that like, that's interesting, too. And, like, there's characters in that that I actually really like. I really like Murray in that in that that storyline yeah he actually, i think they like really lifted up murray's uh storyline quite a bit um he's kind of a beast in this season yeah he's he's putting that karate to, to like to i know i know he's like he <laughs> it's so funny like he's he was only used to essentially like fighting against children yeah but for some reason he's able to like take on adults with this like he's got this confidence that he's been able to essentially take down you know adults and you know do essentially what's needed like you know infiltrate places and stuff i'm like i like this character yeah um 
uh, I, I'm pretty pleased with pretty much every character. I don't think that there was any one character that was um, that I was disappointed with. Uh, this season was probably, and I, I'm trying to remember how I felt when watching the other seasons because it's been a bit. I haven't rewatched um, the show in at least three years. So, um, and, and I think an issue with the Netflix formula is that it releases all at once, or it yeah. usually does, except for this season where they're breaking it up into two different uh, like dumps. But I think that is, um, I, I've always said this, you know, while it's fun to watch an entire show over the course of a day or two, it's not good for, you know, longevity of discussion, you know, because Kenobi, it's been every week there's a new boost to um you know right. the viewership and the the trends online and everyone's talking about the new stuff in kenobi it's it's going to be the same for miss marvel it's gonna it was the same for moon knight and so on and so forth um you know with game of thrones back in the day uh it was every single week you had something new and that was fun because it felt like you needed to stay abreast with everything so with stranger things um, it's hard to talk episode by episode yeah. because you think of the show as a whole or the season as a whole. So I'm even having a hard time trying to remember like what happened or like what my mindset was in previous seasons. But I can say that season one up until now was, was easily the best season. Um, and I think season two was okay and season three was okay as well. But I think it was a steady decline in quality with season four. Let me tell you, it is at least, at least as good as season one. Like, it is just, it is so, so excellent. It is so good. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is that, like, I remember season one and season three. But season two, there was, like, a forgettable, like, it was kind of forgettable. It I was. Just knew, yeah, I just absolutely. knew it took place around Halloween. And it was kind of like... Season two, they were dealing with um, Will, who was back from the uh, Upside Down, but he right. kept having dreams or like, you know, waking dreams that he was in the Upside Down. So that was, and that was with um, Sean Astin. Sean Astin was in that season. Right. Okay. Um, as Bob. And then. Yes. And so, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, little recap. And, and season that three. recap. That's crazy. Season, season three. I like season three. It was I, I enjoyed the Star Court three. Role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed um season three. And it's really crazy with this like new season. Especially with the the time that's passed between season three and season four. Essentially all the characters are like all adults now. All the I know. kids are it's, all it's adults. It's so bizarre, you know. I I but it's it's cool because they haven't really changed, you know, besides the fact that they look older significantly so they're still the characters we love you know right right and there's some new tension between them and new uh you know awkward relationships that they have to like uh tangle in and engage with um but for the most part they're still the you know the four kids that we love from hawkins plus 11 and uh the satellite group of friends that uh we have grown to love along the way yeah you know so yeah some of these like friendships too like i love the the dynamic of uh steve and dustin steve and dustin is you know like uh the 
the bromance of like a generation it is so fun when they're together uh and dude i i can't even like I, i'm smiling because just thinking about it because even before this season they were like um they were close but in this season they just seem to whenever they're like with each other they they play off of each other and both of those actors seem to like just gel on screen really really well um, right, right. And Steve Steve has really gone through like a really good character development because he was in you know, in that first season he was kind of like a bit of a jerk, you know. He was Right, yeah. You know, he that was kind of jockey was, uh, guy. That, he was the character you know, we were supposed to hate in the first season, if you remember. Like we weren't supposed to like him yeah. for a couple episodes until he started uh like started dating Nancy Wheeler or trying to date Nancy Wheeler. So yeah, it, it's interesting how he we've totally uh, 180'd on Steve Harrington because um, he's one of just it, it wouldn't be Stranger Things without him in it, honestly. Right, right, um, and and honestly, like he's one of those characters that a lot of people really, really they really really like him, and they really double down on him because I mean he's in um there's a like a survival horror game called uh dead by daylight and he's one of like the survivor characters in it and then they put a demogorgon in it as like one of the like killer characters in it really so, i didn't know that that's cool yeah, yeah yeah and so yeah steve you know so i mean out of all the characters that they put into that game they put steve so i think that you know before we we do a, a deeper dive into season four i think that what we need to talk about it you know at least at a surface level is generally like you know what stranger things is about since you know we're coming into this episode three seasons in you know um stranger things is an interesting thing to really explain because right. I, i'm honestly gonna say like a part of me doesn't really know what i'm watching I just know that it centralizes around a girl that has these telekinetic powers, essentially, that has an ability of, you know, like, I mean, and you really like learn about it this season. She's almost like America Chavez, where she can open up portals to another like dimension. Yeah, they touch on that a little bit. Um, I don't think that that was necessarily... Um, I mean, obviously, that that is a trait that we have, I think, only seen Eleven do up to this point. But um, I think that's just a, a byproduct of how strong she is. You know, I don't think that yeah. that's necessarily, like, something another character can't do. I think it's just like she was using so much of that telekinetic power that she just ripped a hole through the world. Which is really cool, and that's we're we're getting way into spoilers at this point. Um, but it means nothing nothing to you if you haven't seen the show, so don't even worry about it. Um, when it comes to Stranger Things, it basically revolves around this town, Hawkins. Uh, it's you know like your typical '80s movie town uh, where something goes wrong, and a group of teenagers, uh, in this case preteens, you know when you're coming into the first and second seasons, um, are you know they're trying to fix it almost like scooby-doo style and <laughs> yeah and 11 uh this this young girl who wanders into the town uh who has these superpowers is basically taken in by these four kids um mike 
Will, Dustin, and Lucas, and they all become close friends. And, you know, eventually uh, Mike, uh, the main character from season one, falls in love with Eleven, and that starts a whole chain of uh, events, blah, blah, blah. But the, the show is also like a monster show, you know, and um, there's something kind of i don't want to say haunting the town because that's not really the right word but it's definitely it definitely has that monster movie vibe going on throughout all of the seasons and each season has had uh, a different monster or type of villain that they're trying to uh, combat but it all revolves around the upside down which is a world that's almost like the polar opposite of the world we currently live in you know it's literally like an upside down version of our world it's dark and spooky and um it's it's just kind of a weird existence down in the upside down it's it's really hard to explain but right um, um the upside down is something this is how would it explain it so you know we see how our, our world is as it is now the upside down is almost like a world's that would exist after a nuclear fallout oh that's yeah yeah that's actually probably what it is and there's definitely that nuclear threat uh within right. the show because you're dealing with uh the threat of like russian invasion uh you have these secret parties that we don't really find out about until much later in the show that you know it's like a secret organization that is trying to catch 11 and so on and so forth but uh yeah there, there the show goes into so many cool things uh, and each show, or rather, each season has a different vibe with different um, inspirations for uh, each of the stories that it tells. And I think that in this particular season, they really tried to do like an inspiration for each episode. And that's actually something that I want to talk about because you mentioned the fact that you know they they didn't feel like they rushed any particular storyline. Uh, or spent too much time on any particular storyline because there were four different storylines that we're following in this. Well, five, actually, if you count. Uh, you have the Russian subplot, but you also had the Joyce and... Um, what's that guy? Uh, Murray storyline that eventually oh, yeah, collided. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so there was yeah. five storylines going on. And they don't really spend too much time to any one or too little time to any one. And I think that is uh, a really really strong aspect to this season if you notice the episodes are a lot longer than usual you know they, yeah they, they go, needed to be they go from like 110 minutes to like 140 minutes which is a long time you know um yeah and i think uh i think this next season the the finale is like two and a half hours long like i was like you know it's only two episodes they could have put it together but i'm like this part two is probably going to be a bit longer if they separated them like that. I looked at previous seasons. The pre the other seasons were anywhere from like 45 minutes to like uh, some of them touched an hour long. But most of these were well over an hour. Yeah. Anywhere from like an hour and 10 minutes to, uh, you know, like close to an hour and 20 yeah so, i think episode four was an hour 30 you know like there there are like really long episodes and i think what 
uh, Netflix really nailed down on this one is allowing as much time for each individual story to be told. You know, they had a, a specific idea for each episode of what needed to happen, and they right. allowed the writers and the directors for each of those episodes to just flesh it out as much as it needed to be and nothing else. And I think that gives each episode a cinematic vibe. You know, they're each like a little movie. You know, they're all technically uh, full length episodes so <laughs> so i think that that's a, a, a fun aspect and you know it's perfect for a show like stranger things which was one of the first really big netflix series you know it's fitting that netflix is allowing them to do as much as they want with whatever budget they want it's crazy like when you're watching these episodes and you know that they're longer than normal but like you don't hate it you, no. you you you're enjoying every minute that you're watching and believe it or not i didn't watch it in the way that most people watched it most people watched or a good chunk of people watched it in like a day or two i actually broke it up because i didn't want to spoil it in that kind of way you know there there's certain shows that are good for binge watching you know like there's specific shows that i would say that have perfect binge watching capabilities to it because you don't have to really marinate on it like the office is really good for binge watching oh, you know perfect. there's a, there's a story to you know there's a bit of a story to it but like you don't have to pay too much attention and not know what's going on stranger things that's that that's the type of show that's not meant to be binge watched it's something that you have to allow to like marinate in your mind maybe watch the episode more than once which you know that's that's what people do with like shows like kenobi or even the mandalorian you're only getting one episode a week so odds are somebody's gonna you know a good handful of people are gonna watch that episode more than once i know Absolutely. that i watched mandalorian i watched the first season of mandalorian multiple times multiple and times I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you like, if, if Netflix and say Disney Plus, because that's right now in terms of, you know, uh, fandom, those are the two big players right now. Um, I bet you if they were to compare notes, the, the amount of rewatches that the average Disney Plus hit show gets versus the average Netflix show gets, it's probably much higher on Disney Plus because you know by episode six episode nine on disney plus you kind of want to like refresh yourself on like what has happened so you'll re-watch it before the last episode or something or i like to watch uh you know like star wars episodes twice before moving on to the next one and the the week uh interim between new episodes i get that opportunity you know i i yeah. get that opportunity to watch it again whether on my lunch break or whatever and it's been the same with marvel for the most part I really loved the first episode of Miss Marvel. Like that was a really good episode. Um, so I'm excited for what Disney Plus is doing in that respect, and I wish Netflix would jump on board. And I think they're starting to like understand this is kind of an important aspect to it, and that's why they've allowed Stranger Things to be broken up as as it was. Um, apparently, they're still even working on the final episode of Stranger Things. Like they haven't even finished uh, ironing out all the. Uh, CGI and everything. They said that the final episode has more special effects than the entirety of season three. Wow. Yeah, so that's... I'm excited to see what they pull out of their hat, basically, for that. Uh, we'll, we'll end up talking about that in the future. 
but for now like that's it's exciting to hear that a show that has been so good this season uh will have uh, two more episodes uh in the near future so i'm excited to see what happens with that i might have i might have to rewatch it actually because um you know before we recorded this i hadn't seen i finished watching stranger things like two weeks ago at this point so it's it's a little bit you know it's 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 i've allowed it to kind of like leave my mind for a couple days at this point right well you know me like when it when it came to us recording this i hadn't even finished it yet because i didn't want to rush and watch it yes this is is fresh for you yes yes um with me finishing the last episode on friday you know yeah so it's been two days two days from now so yeah it's been two days my my mind is fresh with it like i said um this is not one of these shows i mean for those of you that like to binge watch stranger things all in in one day you know one or two days um you know if that's what you like you know that then go for it but for me this is that kind of show that i i i gotta kind of sit on it and i think the most i watched in one day is maybe two episodes i didn't watch any more than that that seems even that was a lot to unpack i i I don't think i i didn't binge watch the entire show in two days like i said i i think it was probably like closer to around like three or four days that we you know ended up like watching the first seven episodes so i've probably had a a similar viewing experience as you yeah but um so let's see let's actually go into some of the things that we enjoyed uh before even watching or before even starting the the fourth season i was like i was really excited because the name of the episode the first episode is the hellfire club and i had just finished uh listening to um a novelization of the x-men storyline uh the dark phoenix saga that was originally a chris claremont uh storyline from like the 80s and um in that the hellfire club is the club that basically steals jean gray and tries to make them their queen whatever um and i was like oh that's hilarious they're playing off of the fact that you know this obviously that was something that was big at the time uh x-men was the biggest comic book in the 80s so that makes sense and then the episode starts and you find out that the hellfire club is the name of their D group and they actually start talking about like some of the you know there was in the 80s and 90s there was the satanic panic around D, you know there was a stigma to it yeah. and the fact that they mm-hmm. called it hellfire club um led me to assume that something was gonna go wrong with this D thing and whatever was happening with uh the upside down this season was gonna get blamed on them like immediately and that's exactly what happened and uh it's... i know I, I i was thinking the same thing especially when when they were talking about yeah like you know the whole panic around D and i'm like there's this D club and they call themselves a hellfire club i was like it's not gonna work out well for them it's not gonna work out well for them and it is <laughs> it, it, it becomes a a, a uh, you know, it's not a joy ride for the Hellfire Club. I'll tell you, it's a roller coaster ride, and they have this uh, new character who is essentially the leader of the Hellfire Club, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Munson. I like Eddie a lot. I really like Eddie. Eddie's just like that, you know, really cool, um, nerdy guy. And you know, I thought it was 
you know really cool that di the dynamic that he had with with the cheerleader because i mean it, it was very very like real in that time where he was like oh wow you know i didn't realize that you were gonna be so cool and then you know like it, it really like shows how like looks can be deceiving with uh you know with the way that he looked you know he he wore black he you know he was like very much into rock he was a geek with like a hard edge so like people had like a really poor look at him and um it was really cool that that it you know it kind of broke down those barriers a little bit absolutely and throughout the episode you know throughout episode one we we have characters like um dustin and yeah it was dustin and mike who were members of the hellfire club and lucas as well but lucas was also in the varsity team uh or the the football team and he had just gotten into that uh <laughs> echelon of high school and it was uh that became an issue because their schedules, the, the times that they were going to play D&D &D or the Hellfire Club didn't line up or lined up too inconveniently with his um, his new group of friends in, the, in the, the football club or the football team. And yeah, that starts a whole bunch of drama that, you know, you don't expect up front, but you kind of see it coming. You know, you feel that tension building of like, you know, he's no longer there for the D&D &D team, Lucas. And, um, but that also gives us the, the opportunity to see like his younger sister, uh, what's her name? Uh, Erica. Yeah. Yeah. So Erica gets to play D and D for a little bit. And that was really fun. I, I love, I, I love that little, uh, actress. She's so fun. Yeah, I know. She, she's a, a little like firecracker that kind of just like adds, adds like a, a funny like edge to the show. Yes. So the problems we start to, to face uh, throughout the show are really cool like um or they are cool in retrospect in the moment though it's really freaky stuff and you don't know what's happening yeah. um uh after the first episode i looked at jen i know she's terrible with with horror and she's just like shaking under her, under her blanket but she's just like put the next one on please <laughs> um, oh my gosh yeah i know you know it's it's just so crazy and yeah it goes back to the the cheerleader um I don't chrissy remember what it, chrissy yeah and uh and so she she meets up with uh with eddie because eddie also happens to be somebody who sells weed and yeah. so she's starting to see things she's the our essentially our entrance into this uh the season's you know big bad and she starts you know she's starting to see things and so she goes to eddie essentially to like you know get weed to help take off the edge you know maybe and, like and she's been mind. going she's been going to the school psychiatrist as well exactly um, and we find out that the psychiatrist is also seeing several people uh who you know eventually throughout the season we we start to learn are all having the same visions um, of like a clock like a grandfather clock and the sound effect for the grandfather clock you can hear it in your head right like when you think about it it's like a i know i was just like i was thinking of i'm like man like they've taken that like grandfather clock and like made it sound so like ominous because it's, it's not they they tweaked the sound somewhat and it's very specific right and whenever you hear it in the show in the background even if the character doesn't hear it like you notice it like whoa what's happening i know you're like oh crap here, here we, we go. go go here we go again um 
yeah, so eventually Chrissy Chrissy joins um, Eddie at his trailer. They're looking for uh, something stronger. She wants some special K just to get out of her head a little bit. And uh, while she's there, she suddenly, you know, convulses she um her eyes roll back and she's suddenly in the upside down but in the real world her body starts floating and eventually you know uh the the villain sucks the life out of her and in the real world that culminates to like her whole body becoming disfigured and like made into a pretzel when you first see that you're like dude what it's like very much so out of scene out of like maybe the exorcist you know right it um, looks it looks much more it's horrific uh, dark than your typical uh stranger things so that was like uh <laughs> that was why the the first episode was so scary and like it was it just changed the entire tone of the of the show um when it comes to like influences i i, I realized it was like nightmare on elm street you know um, yes yes dude very much so yeah i started feeling very much like that and um had a little bit of uh like the ring vibes um yeah. although that wasn't necessarily an 80s thing but you know the you know seven days after blah 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 you die basically so this is start we start to get that in the show as well so right and and i and i love how like our main characters are like such nerds that they name these like things out of right. stuff from DD. the mind flayer vecna vecna the demigorgon yeah it's um, actually really funny it's really fun um and, and it, it's yeah so it's crazy and then when you see when you actually see Vecna, it, he's almost like a cross between Freddy Krueger and Tales from the Crypt, essentially the Crypt Keeper. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, definitely it has it has those vibes for sure. And yeah, the whole season really plays off of that. I, they even um, the actor who plays Victor Creel in episode four, yep, is Freddy the actor Kruger. who played Freddy Krueger, which is really. Um, uh, I forget his name now. Let me let me look it it's, up. It's uh... Robert England. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I knew it was like something with like a uh, England, but yeah, no, no, like yeah, I, like I know who he is, and so when I saw that he was in it, I was like, this is very fitting considering the type of character that this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, so the episode ends with uh, Chrissy getting pretzelized. I'm just gonna go with that that term pretzelized because I don't want to say anything other. <laughs> it's it's creepy, um, and throughout the show we have several other people who come to the same fate as Chrissy, yeah. and it becomes this massive uh, mystery, like horror mystery, like figuring out how to stop this before one of our main characters gets the same fate, and we know that Max has been seeing the same. Um, things basically you know she has the images of the grandfather clock every now and then uh, she sees Vecna and he's like Max it is not your time (laughs) I know right and uh, it's crazy it's crazy you you come to, to find out why you start why you see this grandfather clock and then you start seeing other elements of um you know where vecna is 
and and then like by the end of the season you figure out why his like headquarters is what it is and um yeah it's just it's really creepy because he yeah like these people are in the real world but he's essentially bringing their minds into the upside down yeah and let me and i still don't know how he does it oh yeah no no we we're not gonna find out probably until the end of uh the fourth season but what i was so surprised by was how well Eleven storyline lined up with the the main storyline of you know people thinking that eddie munson is the killer and vecna's on the loose and pretzelizing his victims from this this one like you know abandoned uh haunted house and it's it all came together so succinctly that i i was just like for like a day and a half afterwards that's all i could think about was just like wow that was really good tv yeah i I really really do enjoy a good story like that and so i guess like some of the ways that this show was essentially being built and the climax of it's going to be essentially these you know five well now four storylines are going to start to converge oh yeah Um, and you see it you see it all weaving together exactly like with the whole uh Mur- murray and joyce finally getting to uh to where hopper is um i really enjoyed that side right there you know we've been talking a, a lot about the main you know vecna stuff yeah but, so let's talk um, let's talk about the russia subplot um we we have early in the first episode uh joyce gets a package from russia and it is it's like a weird doll the 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 guard that sends her the package it was like like Antov or Anton or something like that. Anton, yeah, that yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, um, she gets sent this package and she, for whatever reason, realizes that it's a clue that Hopper's alive and in Russia, and that there's some way to retrieve him from uh, this gulag that he's in. Basically, he's he's in a Russian prison in the middle middle of nowhere, and. Um, she, you know, joins up with Murray and they call uh, the prison and they, they make their plans, basically. They need to scrounge up $40,000 to uh, break him out, which, you know, back in the which 80s, 40000 was a lot. Yeah, like, Hopper ha- had it, like, for some... I forgot what, what, what the reasoning was or how he had it, but Hopper had that money. oh that's he was the one that made he's essentially the one that made that bribe and he just needed joyce to get you know to get that money and to to bring it over you know it's crazy how useful murray is that man like he just like knows how to do everything and i think scrambling your phone calls so it makes it seem like you're calling from somewhere else um he knows how to speak russian this man uh, you know i thought it was gonna be like just a caricature version of karate but he actually knows how to do karate they actually like seeded all of this um into the character earlier on in the show you know like if you look back he was he was a fanatic you know he was worried about you know russian surveillance he was he was kind of like the hacker guy that didn't ever come out of his house but now we finally see him get out of his house and use those skills in a practical and useful way for the rest of the cast. And, um, yeah, so seeing him, like, help break into this Russian prison, uh, and I'm jumping 
quite a bit with this with this but the fact that they were able to you know fool actual <laughs> russian soldiers that they you know were russian civilians or whatever or that he was a, or a russian soldier rather that was really cool you know and I, I loved that subplot he was trying to pass off being a smuggler that uh yuri right that's it yes um, yes which that so so that whole thing ends up being crazy because they they go to bring the forty thousand to yuri who's essentially gonna supposed to be spilling this money with anton or like yeah i think anton dimitri or something like that um, um right right so they're supposed to be spilling this money and then uh going to to pick up hopper because hopper is supposed to escape and then go and hide in this place but then yuri betrays all everybody yeah he, know, for he, more money he uh betrays the prison guard he betrays hopper he betrays you know joyce and murray and it becomes this you know side quest that they have to go on so that they can get their main quest back on track but in the meantime um hopper gets sent to an even worse prison yeah uh, after breaking out of the one uh after getting after breaking out of the camp that he was in um he gets sent to a worse prison alongside the russian guard and we find out there that they have or they've smuggled in a demogorgon and basically they they feed like batches of prisoners to this demogorgon to basically like entertain it which is just so like messed right up. to keep it alive essentially you know that like it needs to be able to hunt live prey yeah so that that's what they do um but yeah you know with the whole betrayal thing i'm like dang like so close but here we go that whole plot was really really cool i knew it though like they, they brought all these prisoners to eat you know like a good meal during that time I, i'm like dude this is yeah man they, they, they're about to send these people to to their death or something like that this is their last meal this is the last supper right here yeah um, it's 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 creepy like you know most of the uh most of the prisoners don't even think about like why they're being fed uh such nice food for a prison but uh obviously one of them has to break it to them which is hopper <laughs> yeah well i i appreciate though that hopper has had uh you know dealings with a demogorgon so he becomes yeah. the de facto uh leader and plan maker as far as like how they're going to get out of it or how they're going to survive the encounter and he ends up stealing uh a lighter because demogorgons hate fire right right so he steals um alcohol from that instance and then they like fate he ends up instigating a fight but it was to it, it was an ulterior motive nobody was were wise to what he was doing you know they thought it was real you know yeah. even even anton was like dude like was it worth it he was like yeah it was you know he got the lighter so yeah that that whole thing was really cool it was cool seeing hopper that he was alive and man like some of the stuff that he had to do had me like yeah with the whole like breaking his like like his ankle shackles or yeah or the yeah. ankles to, to squeeze out of him oof that sucks so um yeah um, so yeah that was good so eventually he, he they do fight the demogorgon and it seems like a losing battle but the fire that he wraps around a spear um or like a cloth around a spear uh seems to scare the demogorgon enough that they're able to find an escape and that's partially well that is it's definitely in part to the fact that um joyce and murray have infiltrated the right. uh the prison and are open they open the gate they open yeah. the gates and allow them to enter so that it just kind of works out perfectly for them 
I don't think after that do do we see them actually escape escape the prison or do they just kind of like meet up? Like do they actively like drive out of the prison or have they not done that yet? I don't think I I don't think I remember seeing that. Yeah, so I just there's, remember like they I think they, that's they, where like, they reunite. End. Yeah. Um the mic jonathan will and argyle thing um that was cool when they were like still in the home and then like that whole like faction that came in was like essentially yeah. trying to like take him out I'm that like, came out of nowhere because you're expecting like, you're expecting them to like make a break for it and like uh drive off so so basically in this part of the story um we have uh 11 who's been taken by the government or a faction of the government and then you have another faction of the government who's actively looking to, uh, you know, take Eleven down because they think that she's the one causing these uh, pretzelfications in Hawkins. <laughs> pretzelfications. <laughs> so you have you have two different factions of like a, a splinter group in the in the government trying to find this uh, this young girl, and Mike, Jonathan, Will, and Argyle are trying to break out of uh, house arrest basically to go and find l who you know has been taken to basically relearn her powers because after season three she does something where like she actively removes the powers from her body like she takes there was like a, a slug thing from the upside down in her leg that she pulled out and when she got rid of it she got rid of some of her power or all of her powers so now she has nothing um so right. her whole subplot is to go into her memory to figure out how she learned the power in the first place and potentially uh make that power even stronger that's what's been promised to her anyway right right so she's essentially like reliving her past in in a simulation called like project nina nina yeah and so like you know we learn a lot of her past and essentially her growing up in this facility learning the powers why she had such a disdain for papa yeah and dr I mean, dr brenner who right, is who's right. the villain in i think like the first two seasons you know like he's the he's the face of um you know the secret hawkins organization that is the bad guy you know right and we don't know too much about him until this season he is a bad guy man and some of oh, the stuff yeah. that he tries to set up one i would say you know, aside from the ending of that whole little like, that or or that whole arc with her in the in her past, like I mean, one essentially did save her life, mm. but it was for his own agenda, and he kind of tricked her so that and, and and I knew, I knew for a while I was like, man, this guy's helping her, and he was like talking about one a little bit. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this guy's probably one. Yeah, they they talk about one uh, for. for quite a bit and whether or not he ended up being one i knew he was a bad guy just because they chose an actor whose face is very uh, there's certain actors who just play bad guys you know and his face has <laughs> his face was one of those like i don't trust this guy type of face and sure enough the personality too yeah like he was too nice he was too there for 11 where others weren't uh but yeah so it was it was really interesting seeing all that uh go down and you know watching eleven's uh stories uh play out through her memories you know he they had like all this archive this archival footage of every moment spent uh in her life in that 
like in the care of Dr. Brenner, uh, along with the other children who had the telekinetic powers. And, you know, she was bullied. She didn't really uh, express her powers all that well. They thought the other kids thought that she was uh, basically a dud until her true power was realized. And I think one realized her powers were far greater than the rest early on. You yeah, know, which yeah. is why he kind of like stuck around with her because he thought that he could manipulate her into setting himself free. Because basically, they put a, a little chip in his neck that suppressed his telekinetic yeah. ability, and he had very strong telekinetic ability. So, um, and, and a scary thing, you know, in the in the first episode, we see. I think it actually starts with like a bloodbath. You know, like we it see, does. We yeah. see a very young eleven. You know, a CGI. Uh, recreation of the character from season one you know with a bloodstained basically hospital gown and you know she's going from room to room and there's just dead bodies of children everywhere and it's it's it's, it's a tragic scene um but we and we think that it's her because we have uh dr brenner saying what have you done what did you do so right so, yeah, right and and they 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 essentially make it seem like it is her i don't know if brenner knew that it wasn't her or if he just I think at the end of the day he understands who did the who who did the massacre because um one was so close with her so I think I think he knew uh that one was the the one doing it but the way that the camera or the the way that the show presented it in that first episode we were left wanting we didn't know the full story that's like a memory that she had suppressed so she thought it was her oh absolutely I mean I would suppress that too if I could. So yeah, no, it's crazy, and and then you saw in the way that he kind of took these people out that you realize that um, number one is in fact Vecna. Yeah. So in that in that subplot, we learn a lot about um, number one's past and you know how he was as a kid. And going back to episode four, we have Victor Creel explaining the story of you know like. You know, he thought his house was haunted. He thought his house was possessed by, you know, right. a demon. And we're, we're left with that um, interpretation of the events. But really, it was his son with telekinetic powers um, scaring everybody by, you know, reliving past trauma in their minds, basically. And uh, causing them to, you know... And eventually, he kills his, his mother and I think his sister? Yeah, he... Uh... You know, so so it made it seem like it was Vecna that was doing it, but you didn't know exactly who it was at that point. And so, yeah, no, he yeah, he kills the mother and he definitely kills the sister, but he didn't kill the father because he he just was worn out by that point. Yeah. And I think he wanted it to be blamed on the father anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a he was a cruel kid. Like he was, you know, killing animals for sport and stuff with his powers he's kind of like a little Voldemort Um, yeah so there's there's definitely some parallels there that are you know at some point worth discussing but once we got that connection that one is the the young boy in in that like flashback and Victor Kill's flashback it all made sense you know everything all the powers that he showcased um, at the end of at the end of uh, episode 7 matched up with the killing style of both Vecna and the, the the flashback sequence from Victor Creel. And we learn because uh, he fought Eleven, and Eleven 
you know overpowered him to the point that she basically pushed him into the upside down which was you know I, I gotta say round. that was that was probably the coolest telekinetic fight i've ever seen like that was some of the craziest stuff i've ever seen you know it i, I remember there was a, a south park episode where there was like a wizard battle like this is years and years ago this is probably 20 years ago there was an episode where there was like a wizard battle and they were trying to like fight with their minds and you know they're, they're making noise like pew, 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 and the other one's like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but this was actually that in real or like you know it, it played out in like a live action thing and it was sick you know, like it was, it was that scene from South Park, but like played straight, and you felt the tension. You f you saw the power between them, even though it wasn't literally visible. It was really cool. Everything that they did was was uh, fascinating in that in that final fight scene. And yeah, so that was that was really something. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, she sent him to the shadow realm. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, they, she definitely sent them to the Shadow Realm. Um, so now we have like a glimpse of like how powerful Eleven really is in comparison to the other people in the show. Remember, remember yeah. a couple of seasons ago, like I think it was season two, they had that one-off episode where Eleven went to like I don't know Chicago or something, and oh yeah, and it was just like such an awkward story, like and they just dismissed it. Like, they just never went back to it. I, I'm so curious, like, if I go back and watch that, would that check out with what happened in the, you know, with, like, the massacre in the Hawkins lab? Yeah, that's a good question. Or has yeah, that I been remember that. that was those, like... Because there were yeah, other I, I people... I need to go like, back into were, it because, yeah, There were other it was... people with numbers in there. I think there was, like, a six or something, but... Yeah, oh, I don't... yeah, it was, like, people from that lab, right? Like, and they, like, escaped or something? Yeah, kids that had escaped from that lab. I wonder if... I I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have to rewatch it. It's been, like, probably four years since I saw that episode. But everyone hated that episode, and they just never did anything with it. I think it was meant to be, like, a backdoor pilot for, like, a spinoff series. But it just didn't work. Um, anyway, we're, we're, we're going off, off course. But uh, let's, let's bring it back, because I think the standout episode, even though episode 7 was crazy, for me, episode 4 was just out of this world. The, the That's whole... the Dear Billy, right? Dear Billy, yeah. Dear Billy was um, probably the best episode of Stranger Things that there's ever been. The way it was handled, the tension in the air, um, you know, the, the entire season long, at least up until this episode, we have Max, who is seeing the same things that Chrissy uh, saw, like the grandfather clock and Vecna going, Max! And she's she's running from this eventuality, but she learns that she only has seven days from when the symptoms begin that she's going yeah. to eventually end up like Chrissy and the others. Yeah. Yeah, by breaking into that, the, um, the counselor's office. Yeah, so, you know, Nancy and... Nancy and Robin, they team up and they find out that Victor Creel, uh, you know, the guy um, that they were tipped off at uh, in the second episode, uh, he had similar... Um, dealings with it so they they go to the prison and they that's a whole other story i don't think we need to touch on but the fact that they spoke to victor creel and learned about you know like what helped him survive that attack was the music that, yeah that he heard it was uh I he think followed Ella Fitzgerald. the music yeah. yeah essentially 
like a song that he had like a personal like connection to yeah it saved his life and they interpret this as like well maybe that could help max and dude that scene where they're like looking for um like the 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 song to choose and like she's in the upside down like trying not to like die from vecna who's you know just taunting her um was crazy and then eventually they that's probably the coolest use of a song in a movie ever or like a like a a show or whatever ever i know man that episode was intense man when it got to that point i was like oh my gosh and and like they they know that like it's just moments you know any you know it can happen soon you know pretty much with with what eddie told them was that you know this person goes into a trance and then they shot straight up so she was in like that mo that moment yeah she was right there she was about to um she was about to go the way of chrissy and um so lucas uh now that he has gotten away from the 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 marauding gang of you know angry jocks which we we haven't even touched on i don't even know if it's worth touching on but you know that's another thing that happens this season you know lucas realizes that you know her favorite song is running up that hill by kate bush yeah and what a use of music like the the montage that they had in that scene you know it was a classic 80s montage of just like stuff that we would remember or like we would smile at but also like kind of like tear up because we we know that she's fighting for her life in that moment and you hear kate uh kate bush in the background and basically she helps her break free from vecna and you know she's running towards that opening and eventually she makes it and it was just such a that, it was yeah. If that's it the last crazy. scene, if that's the last scene I ever see of Stranger Things, I will have good memories about Stranger Things forever. Like that was so so powerful. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really was so good. Yeah, it was like all all the the good stuff was you know rushing back to her, and she had been closing herself off because of you know feeling guilty about what happened to her brother in season three you know getting killed yeah billy yeah she, and, she feels guilty about that you know and i'll t- i'll expand a little bit more on that after we talk about this moment but you know that's what vecna uses you know for his victims her seeing all those good memories and thinking back and like you know just knowing that she's not alone um and then yeah that the running and then and then vecna like essentially throwing stuff at her and you're just like you're like bro like you're just like come on you're you're like come on let's go like because this season shows you that crazy things can happen like you know bad things can happen even when it looks hopeful and like you know when she breaks through you know you're just like really just really happy about it you're like okay you know they they found a way to to essentially fight back against this trance thankfully max had some serious plot armor um (laughs) but it was so well orchestrated like you know like it could have gone either way you know if if she had died in that instance i wouldn't have been surprised because the stakes were so high in that moment and it would it was all leading up to that moment but um the the way that she survived you know and i think that song running up that hill by kate bush i was looking up statistics like last week 
and I saw that like the the streams for that song have gone up like 8,000% and it's basically become, you know, like a, a, a Billboard top 100 hit right now. And it's, it's, you know, almost a 40 year old song. It's absolutely, it's nuts that people have like basically come to just love that, that song. But yeah, it's, it's fun. So essentially the source of Vecna's power is going after these people who have this like guilt, you know, something that they feel guilty about. Or something that's ailing them, you know, and insecurities, Chrissy, insecurities, right, or right. guilt. Yeah. So for Chrissy, it was you know something with her mother. Max, you know, is with her brother, feeling guilty that she just she didn't save him when she thought that she could. When you know you think back in that moment, and there's like, dude, there's nothing that she could have done in that moment to overpower the you know that creature. Yeah, um, no, there was nothing for them to, to, to do in that instance. But um, I, I forget the character's name, but, you know, the, the character that was uh, riding around with Nancy Wheeler in the second episode who, who got uh, pretzelified, he was he had, like, survivor's guilt for, you know, like, being the only one to survive a car crash, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it seemed to be. Yeah. Oh, obviously, Vecna goes above and beyond to, you know... Um, exacerbate that guilt and like make it almost a malicious accusation towards the person that he's you know trying to kill basically and we see that with max you know eventually like there's a there's a great scene where she talks to her mom and she's leaving letters for everybody and um all of a sudden like the scene gets dark and like her mom becomes vecna yeah and and he you know just takes over the narrative of that scene and it's it's so creepy but they do it so well um and it all culminates to that moment where she is saved basically and i i I think that that's so much that's so fun it's absolutely insane with what what they did with the big bad because like like it's just really creative with how they did this this villain you know he he still has a connection to the upside down but then he has like an influence on the real world and like I said, you know, we don't understand how he's doing that. We, we'll probably find out in the second part. Yeah, something about, you know, his telekinetic powers. I think that Eleven probably gets par- par- uh, some of her telekinetic powers from her connection to the Upside Down. So I'm assuming that those powers are some sort of bridge between the real world and the Upside Down. And yeah. um, because uh, Vecna or Number One was i keep thinking about codename kid next door whenever i say number one um <laughs> number but, one but yeah one when he's thrown into the upside down i wonder if his powers elevate i wonder if 11's powers elevate if she she goes into the upside down i feel like we're gonna probably see that because i don't think that she has gone in yet if i remember correctly I, I can't remember i have to rewatch the entire show i really want to right right no i I don't think she she has either. Very few people have. I know Will has, and then, you know, obviously, <clears throat> Nancy, Robin, Eddie, and uh, Steve Harrington go into the Upside Down in this episode. Or, like, in these last couple episodes. Right, and it's really, really crazy. You know, just, like, more of these, like, creatures that you see, like, those bat things. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, I'm actually surprised... Like, I'm, I'm wondering if at the end we're going to see, you know, more of, like, 
the demigorgon because like i mean they didn't kill it and you know right also like uh the the mind flayer apparently is like the main dude you know and, and vecna is like one of his generals like that's what i've read so far online based on the reaction and like the interviews from like the creators so i think right. that um we're gonna be well, getting they more... say that yeah yeah and, oh that's and, true that is true and they yeah, say yeah. that too they say that the demogorgon is the foot soldier the mind flayer is essentially like the big bad like the leader that um vecna is the five-star general basically yeah so we'll, we'll see how that plays out and obviously you know they, they leave us with the cliffhanger that um nancy was taken uh by vecna in the final episode and she's being right um, she's being punished for the barb incident from the first season right right and it's crazy because like she's still in the upside down with that yeah. happening she goes into the sideways because <laughs> oh they because they're like jumping the into diagonals a, they, they find a portal in eddie's house basically where it was ripped open all the um, killings all the killings open up a portal that's right yes yeah so every time there's a killing it opens up a portal so there's there's one in the woods um outside of eddie's like trailer park because that's where nancy's friend died right um, we we haven't seen that one yet um there's one in the ceiling of Eddie's trailer, and there's one uh, called Watergate, according to uh, Dustin, uh, that's underneath the water. I liked that they brought back the communication with lights between the real world and the upside down, like the first season. Oh yeah, that was cl- that was clever. They 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 did a really good job with that. Yeah, that was that was really fun, and it was it was kind of confusing at first how they were actually communicating, but in the real world they they could voice what was hap- like what they wanted to say to the upside down but in the upside down they had to use light projections basically to communicate with the real world it was it was interesting it was you know it was what they did in season 1 and i think that they did it freshly you know it wasn't the same like alphabet thing that they had on the wall that will Byers was right able to, to use. right with the with the christmas lights they were using a light bright in this one yeah light bright remember that thing oh boy those were those were old when we were kids yeah so that was that and, was pretty and then we still use them like like it's crazy like seeing some of this stuff and i'm like man like i remember playing with this stuff am i like i guess like i got all the like hand-me-downs from the 80s because like there's they're stuff getting, that they I mean, used in the 80s i'm like dude i remember using this when i was a kid they're they're in 86 right now we were we were born in 91 so we're they're like getting closer and closer to like our time period even though they're not going to get to our time period because there's only going to be five seasons but it, we're starting to feel that nostalgia like creep in on like our childhood yeah so that's cool yeah so i i I have only glowing praise for this series, and I think that we should probably do a part two when volume oh, two definitely. comes out. Because so I, I think we should probably start wrapping this up now because we're gonna have a lot more to say when that comes out. Yes, yes, we'll definitely be able to um, elaborate more on you know the rest of the show when it comes out, and you know we'll, we'll definitely be diving back into uh, part one because. You know, there's going to be so much that's influenced in the second part that it's like, oh, wow, this remember at the beginning of the season, this is where they were. And then this makes so it makes sense to, you know, why they were there. 
you know so so also to kind of just like wrap up uh some of the some of the like other side stories jonathan mike will and argyle they end up going to find um they go to to dustin's uh girlfriend dustin's place. girlfriend Susie, yeah and so they're trying to find where 11 is and so they get a number from an agent that was with them that got shot from that other government agency that's trying to find 11 to take her out it's a number that boots into like a computer system and so mm-hmm. they go to Susie to find it out she she had me dying like you know remember uh she like helps dustin to change change oh, her, her grade the report card yeah and then she just looks up back at a statue of jesus <laughs> <laughs> just immediate guilt it's just like i'll repent later <laughs> god so she she was a she was a i liked her character um yeah argyle was like you know comedic relief but he was funny though i liked it you know i like that you know you know maybe he'll add something a little bit more substantial but yeah like that that story didn't really didn't really like have a lot going on except for them trying to find um 11 so that they can head back to hawkins and you know help their friends you find out at the end of the last season but 11 lives with uh moves with uh joyce will and uh jonathan over to california yeah and she has um, her whole she has like a whole like subplot in the first couple episodes about how um you know her life in school is going pretty roughly um although yeah. she's trying to mask that uh for for mike's sake because she doesn't want to seem like a loser or whatever right but um she's being bullied and eventually she lashes out at a bully and i honestly well deserved for the bully but um i yeah you feel bad for her because obviously you'd never want to like hurt someone in that way but um yeah it's it's interesting and uh obviously bullying is a very real thing obviously people tend to pick on uh those who they see are weaker for whatever reason it's just human tendency sometimes and it's it's unfortunate but that's how bullies are and 11 fit the bill uh, in this california town so um that was that was um i thought more was gonna come of that that storyline but that was just kind of like the pretense to her being you know taken by the police and then taken again by the government right right but yeah that was interesting you know just to kind of clean up that that was like one of the the storylines that's eventually that's obviously looking to converge with um the 11 storyline with her at at that secret facility um rehashing her past trying to get her powers back we have now joyce and hopper together so now they're they're essentially going to be leaving russia you know every yeah exactly the the motherland um with the help of uh, zarya from overwatch i'm just kidding too much crossover (laughs) but uh but yeah so you know obviously uh, you know i'm assuming that joyce they're probably going to head back to her home find out that her kids are gone so they're going to head back to hawkins yeah and so you know so so yeah like these stories are starting to converge a bit and then like the main overall thing has been at hawkins with the main cast or most of the cast of the characters dealing with this vecna stuff you know trying to help out you know our our new buddy and uh, it's worth noting it's worth noting that eddie munson has become like the person uh you know 
that everyone in the town sees as the guilty party. They think that he is some somehow to blame for the deaths of these individuals. Um, and he's on the run, obviously. I, I, any any smart person would be on the run, you know, it, considering uh, <laughs> if you see whatever happened to Chrissy happen in real life, you better be on the run because... Yeah, I know, because you, you could you be want, next. Yeah, you want um, nothing to do with that. Yeah, but, exactly. And, and it's crazy because, like, you know, even, like, that bully, like, witnesses what happens to his own friend and still blames uh, Eddie. I'm like, bro, this man, like, how he was nowhere near this person. I, I was know. like, well, you know, and then he's falling over in the water while this is happening. So it's not like, so it's like, even if he was, he was the one doing it, like he, his like focus was like totally broken while he, like he's falling in the water while this stuff's happening. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so yeah, that there, there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff. Uh, there was a really good scene with Lucas. Um, you know, you 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 worried about Lucas um, earlier in the bit, season yeah. because he was taking, he was spending too much time with the jocks, who you know, in, in, in stereotypical '80s fashion, are the bad guys usually. Um, and they turned out to be not necessarily bad guys, but doing the wrong thing plot wise. Right, right. And and like, you know, I guess like for them, the, the cause is noble because, you know, this they guy justified. really, right, right. You know, the, the guy, for the most part, he's really hurt. Like, I mean, his girlfriend got killed and she got killed in a very hor- horrific way. So like, it's like, dude, like if you have any, any kind of inkling of what happened or you know any kind of lead you're, you're gonna like you know chase that down and you know he's so yeah. like blinded that he's just not seeing reason essentially uh, and obviously lucas starts to realize that what's happening is more hawkins nonsense and right. realizes that he needs to contact dustin and the others and eventually he does and he sends the the jocks the football players on a wild goose chase basically like he sends them to the wrong location yeah while going to the right location himself. right to the old cabin that uh right. hopper and, and uh, 11 stayed in that's right yes so so yeah so that there's a lot that happens in the season i'm sure we missed plenty but we're, we're coming in on the two hour mark i think we should probably wrap this boy up and we'll talk more about season four as a whole when we get those final two episodes you know we've we've covered most of the giant plot points there's little stuff here and there that we didn't cover um some might not be really a hundred percent you know just a hundred percent relevant to it or a hundred percent important to the story it just kind of enhances it or adds a little like you know dash of flavor to the story but for the most part we've got most of the story um along with kind of like a little bit of a generalized view of what the show is about and if you've listened to this whole podcast and you haven't seen any stranger things um i'm really sorry we're sorry for all the spoilers, but you should still experience it. Because yeah, no, it's it's one of the best shows around right now. Exactly, it, it's it's a great show, and but yeah, so we'll we'll be back at some point when uh, part two drops, and we'll cover that. 
yeah so it's in a couple weeks so july 1st it'll come out and hopefully soon uh, after that we'll we'll be able to talk about uh all that has happened and uh, stranger things up to, uh, up to that point so we're, we're looking forward to that um if you haven't already followed us on social media you can check us out at pgeekology on twitter and project geekology uh, on instagram you'll find those uh, linked in the show notes uh, so that you can you know easily find them uh, we post updates on you know like what are what we're going to be filming and like when we're going to be releasing episodes so you want to definitely follow us on there and we gotta see anthony's uh obi-wan outfit obviously oh we yeah gotta, we gotta you, you better post that on the, the Peak Ecology Twitter and Instagram very soon, please. Definitely, uh, I'll uh, I'll be posting that on those. So those of you will be able to to be able to you know check that out. Uh, I think it came out pretty well. So you know, you guys give me your um, your opinions on it. And uh, we talked a, l- a little bit about it before. If you haven't, or if if you want to. Um, you know just like voice yourself on on the uh on the podcast definitely follow those follow those uh social media outlets and definitely if you're if your listening outlet allows you to uh put in a review do it we love seeing these reviews and um it helps like us out to, too it know, helps it, us it, out the, a lot more, too and we read them on that, air yeah when we when we get around to it and when we see them we definitely make a make it a point to read them on air it helps with the algorithm of you know whatever podcast app you're listening to if you show that you know if there's x amount of uh, five star reviews more people will get the opportunity to listen to us and it helps our uh, our little base of operations grow a little bit so thank you guys so much for uh listening to us here for uh project ecology uh we'll see you soon for another episode stay tuned uh on our twitter account to find out what that next episode is going to be um and yeah guys have a good one goodbye